Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. She's a song on a car. Good day and welcome to The Car Wash. This is episode number 64. On today's show, we discuss Patrice Mutsipe, who is about to claim the cat presidency unopposed, and we react to the Nedbank Cup and PSL news. Uh, it is a different show today. Unfortunately, Deco is very tied up, not literally, but rather figuratively. And so I am only joined by former Mamalodi Sundowns and Ajax Cape Town goalkeeper, Mr. Sean Roberts. How are you doing? So dog. Fantastic. Thanks for having me, bud. And later we will hear from uh, Kurt Buckerfield, uh, international news correspondent for Sokola Duma, and hopefully Lorenz Collet, who is uh, the African correspondent for Kickoff magazine. But... Oh. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and hopefully Mahigang 96.7 FM, welcome to the show. I am your host, Slu Paho, and I'm not the one with the jokes. I leave that <laughs> to Sean Roberts. Here we go. Here we go. This one's for you, Slu. My son asked me, what does deja vu mean, Dad? I said, I have a feeling you've asked me this before. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh no. No, 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 no. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm having deja vu of how painful these jokes are, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We oh, kick man. off the show with a little pole position. Pole position. And that's where we ask a question to our supporters club. And uh, this week we asked, how can Patrice transform CAF? And here's what they all had to say. First of all, we must congratulate him to be the first South African president at CAF. But uh, he needs to root out the corruption. Uh, hopefully he stabilizes Amalik Wase Africa and, and, and helps to take Africa Cup of Nations to another level. And also Ama CAF Confederation Games Nesta. I think Patrice Mutsipe uh, is a good leader. He must empower women's football so that uh, it can be taken seriously. They must have a league uh, all over African countries. So women's, our national teams must be well taken care of. Even the gap between Western and Northern African countries, as there's always a gap between these African countries because CAF always favors a North and a Western. So Mutsipe must make sure that there's fair play in all. I've got uh, mixed feelings. The other one is a South African, I think, proud. And for Mr. Mutsipe going to be the first Sadek CAF president, it, it, it makes me feel very special and grateful, you see. But on the other side, knowing Mr. Mutsipe back here from uh, home as a football administrator, you know, I've got a problem because he's a uh, media allergic. We got the phobia of um, of talking to media, addressing them. But on this case, you want someone who will be there, who will be able to go and answer an account and talk to the media and be asked questions and not be arrogant and put the status forward. You see, that's the problem of God. The only problem of God with Mr. Motsipe. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but he's a very good guy. He, he has transformed Sundowns. And I know he, he can transform the calf. But my problem, he must be able to talk to the media because he's not talking to the media. He's addressing us, the supporters. That's addressing us, the stakeholders of football. And I'm very happy that at least now, things will change. Our, our teams will be treated equally. There will be some fairness in our football in CAF and even in, in our associations. And even, I think, even at FIFA, we'll be able to be recognized, be taken serious. We're going to have a word there at FIFA. 
and we're gonna go there as a team whenever there's something that structures us things that we have to be voted against we'll be able to be there to go and change things and i'm saying good luck to mr Motsepe. well there you have it uh a lot of uh you know differing ideas there uh, you know chief, chief concern for him is cleaning up corruption uh, also focusing on women's football and youth development and that actually makes up part of his 10-point action plan uh, that he presented in his manifesto uh, and towards the end of last month so um, you know we're about to we're about to see Patrice Mutsipe claim the CAF presidency unopposed on Friday after everybody else dropped out after this meeting w- with the FIFA president where they were all promised roles in CAF should they uh, not uh, run for the election so uh, what's your initial reaction here it's, it's it's exciting news I mean just a few months ago um, he wasn't even in the race and now he's about to claim the presidency what do you, what's your reaction okay so, so Slu, that's confirmed eh? he's 100 percent the new CAF president is that right yeah yeah the, the the other guys aren't gonna aren't gonna run and the current CAF president ahmad ahmad um he was the final piece of the puzzle and he um can't run because his sentence was only shortened from five years to two years they didn't um uphold his appeal completely so so essentially patrice is going to walk in and be essentially announced as CAF president yeah i mean okay well i mean that, that that's amazing i mean honestly having played at sundowns and worked under patrice it's you know when he enters a room no matter whether it's a a training field a full stadium a um a lecturing hall a training ground you know he's got this presence about him he's got this aura about him that you just you want to sit up and listen do you know what i mean and and you know for him to get this this amazing opportunity this amazing new role um i hope people sit up and listen but i honestly think they're not going to have a choice he's that sort of persona as well you know he's is um you don't get to where you got by being a nice guy and and i think what what he's going to bring to to the calf hierarchy is is stability um he's going to get rid of what you know all this rubbish that's been going on in terms of corruption and whatnot and you don't forget what he's turned mamelodi sundown into this amazing brand and you know i'm not saying calf isn't the most amazing brand but it doesn't have the best of light shining upon it and i'm hoping he can do the same um mm. Uh, with CAF and I, I'm sure he will I'm sure he'll surround himself with the right people and if the right people aren't there he'll bring the right people in you know I, I remember Elon Musk saying you know I never went to Harvard but the people that work for me did you know and I think he's got that sort of approach to his new role he'll get the right people around him to get the job done yeah and I think that's the important thing because what's fascinating to me is that he hasn't held a position at Safa or CAF uh, but uh, you know he's going to have all of these uh, you know guys who have around him at CAF um, and 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 obviously he has the backing from the FIFA president himself um, so you know when it when you look at uh, this manifesto I mean I'm going to read a couple of the main uh, highlights from it um, you know he's, he focuses obviously on you know making sure that there's solid governance um, and then there's then there's specific notes about uh, improving the women's game or at least the investments in the women's game and youth development um you know what what do you make of 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 him as as a as an essential outsider um do you think that he has the ability to to change calf from within or do you think that there's possibly going to be some of the same um let's say hurdles uh that previous calf presidents had i mean he has no history of corruption as well we have to remember that yeah look Slew, it's a good question and um 
I believe this is what has been needed for a very long time is someone like Patrice Monsepe to get involved at a higher level than he is at uh, Mamelodi Sundowns. Um, you've seen what he's done at Sundowns. You've seen what he's done this week in terms of, I don't know if you read that um, Sundowns and Tax University have an alliance now. So there's a whole new development structure coming through the Sundowns Academy with the with the studies now being put online. Um, you know, so it just shows his intention um, in the developmental structure. And uh, amazing to hear about the women's game as well. You know, I've been trying to push the women's game for years now, especially with the, uh, the World Cup a couple of years ago, and I had no luck there. Um, again, you're dealing with certain hurdles within SAFA and whatnot, which they just, yeah, know, that's for another story. Um, but, but, yeah, you know what I'm getting at, man. I mean, yes, he's going to have hurdles, but I think he's had bigger hurdles in his life, Slew. I mean, come on, you know, he's a, he's a billionaire for crying out loud. He's going to, and, and don't forget what this is going to do for South African football. It's going to put us on the map. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the thing also, okay, two important points that I want to get your opinions on because they're, they're, they're kind of the same point, but but two separate things. So uh, two of his points are protect the integrity and professionalize refereeing. Mm. And then the very next point is implement video assistant referee. Mm. Um, and I think one has to happen before the other here. You've spoken mm. at length about the fact that um, th- there's referees who who do this part time uh, that, mm. you know, they don't have the, the support. And, and, and if we don't have that, then we don't have good referees. And yeah. um, just last night I was watching a Chiefs game, two offside goals in a one one draw. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so yeah. what do you make of, of of that intention? Do you think that um, that VAR should be an idea that's on our minds before we professionalize fully refereeing or do you think that he, he's he's set them up you know as a dominant a domino effect where one happens up, uh, before the other you know what's true like i if we go back to the premier league or the bundesliga or the city or something like that where the refereeing is top notch um i would say no to vr var there because it's just it just delays the game um there's too much time consuming and if there is a mistake other referees in a big game that's part of football deal with it it's 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 luck of the draw but then you come to the african continents and you've seen what it's like in the psl where the refereeing is just not up to scratch at all the goals being disallowed where players are one meter onside um goals being allowed when players are one to two meters offside so um i yes var cool but get the refereeing sorted first Get the guys full-time professionally in, pay them properly what they deserve. Well, not what they deserve. Get them trained first uh, and then pay them properly for what they deserve. Uh, and then we look at the VAR. I think the VAR is just an easy scapegoat for now. Um, get these guys full-time, um, whether it's across the continent or the PSL, whatever you want to do, but get them full-time. And, and then just, then you can start getting the riffraff out, if you know what I mean. But just start speaking VAR now. It's, it's just... It's going to delay the game. I mean, there's an extra 10, 15 minutes now added to a 90-minute game on average. It's, just, it's, it's, it's too much. It's too much. Just, just deal with the problem at hand, get the boys in full time, sort that out, and then we can look at VR. I think VR is a bit of a stretch at the moment, but uh, um, yeah, you never know. It's Patrice Masepi. Yeah, uh, he has to focus on obviously getting enough eyes on the screen first uh, uh, in order to afford uh, such a thing. But, um, you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting topic and we'll follow the story as it goes, because we now have a South African as CAF president at long last. Um, Up next, we have the International News Desk, which I recorded with Kurt. 
time for the International News Desk. And for that, we are joined by Sokola Duma International Correspondent, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. How are you doing today, Kurt? All good, all good. All right, so uh, let's uh, have a reaction to this Champions League. Um, you know, Juventus took on FC Porto. Uh, and, you know, Ronaldo's been catching a lot of heat for for his performance or rather one moment in the match uh in the wall of a, of a free kick uh do you think that he's to blame for the result at all or do you think everybody's blowing it out of proportion yeah look i think it's it's definitely harsh to, you know solely blame cristiano ronaldo for juventus being knocked out um you know it's, it's just one of those things I'm, I'm, I'm not sure you watched the game but it was a free kick in the 115th minute um, a long range free kick and I think at that point uh, you know everyone was still pretty much backing Juventus to score they needed one goal to uh, to win the tie and it's just one a couple of players line up on the wall you're probably not thinking that a free kick from that range is going to cause the goalkeeper any trouble and I think the last thing you're thinking is that the free kick take is going to go under the wall so I think it was just one of those in concentration really um, super late on in the game players are tired mentally and, and um, you know Ronaldo jumps turns his back on the ball and it goes through his legs but then also Chesney makes a huge error and probably should have kept the ball out so to blame Ronaldo is super harsh but I as uh, as a group of people could have done a lot better for sure uh, and uh, now you know for the first time i think since 2007 if i if, if i'm not mistaken 2005 2005 there's no messi or ronaldo yeah. in the quarterfinal stage of the champions league and that's because uh, psg defeated barcelona last night um and again you know uh some of the blame falls on messi's shoulders because he missed the penalty but it was it was odd because he scores from thirty five yards out right before that. Um, what did you make of that result? Uh, that was that was kind of almost more symbolic to me. Mbappe versus Messi, kind of changing of the guard. What did, what's your reaction to PSG, uh, PSG knocking out Barcelona? Yeah, I mean, I think if I were a Barcelona fan, I'd be super encouraged by that performance on Wednesday night. I think that shows that they can compete. Um, and, you know, Messi, of course, should have scored his penalty. Dembele had a few missed chances, particularly in the first half. So Barcelona actually did have an opportunity to fix on its head. Um, and I think that after a game like that, after a game where they've clearly competed, where they've looked good and dominated possession and dominated shots created and shots at goal, um, you have first leg and wonder how they lost 4-1 and how they... Um, threw it away like that at it was a, it was a great game this the second leg it was a phenomenal game of football um, Messi's goal from from range was spectacular you know one of the best goals I've seen Messi score in time particularly because he doesn't really score goals like that um, then he misses the penalty which would have given Barcelona a massive advantage going into half time um, Overall, Barcelona, I don't think, are, are there yet. I feel like it's a young side, loads of talent, um, encouraging signs, but PSG just the all-round better outfit. Um, you know, Pochettino has really got those players playing for him. It's good to see uh, Mbappe playing in this role where 
you know, he's, he's assumed that role of the superstar. Um, we all knew he was going to be one, but um, he's now really, really grown into that. And it's it's just exciting to I think you even tweeted about it, but we, we didn't think we would see anything like Messi and Ronaldo again or two players stand out um, of the rest. And that's, that's what's happening now with uh, Kylian Mbappe and Erling Haaland. So it's great to see. It's great for us fans who get to be entertained for another 10 years. Um, you know, let's hope this lives uh, the incredible scenes we witnessed under Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah, now before we get to Haaland and Mbappe on, you know, record-breaking nights, uh, let's talk about Messi and Ronaldo. Do you think, what what does this mean for Messi and Ronaldo's future? I know at, Ronaldo at Juventus, I think they're recording an all-or-nothing series on this campaign where they're not going to win the league. It doesn't look like, I, th- I think AC Milan um, look primed to win the league. Uh, and wait, is it AC Milan or Inter that I'm thinking of um, who, are, who are top of Syria? Inter and AC Milan are... Competing, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 on the other end, Messi, of course, hasn't signed a new deal. He's being linked with PSG. Ironically, um, what does this mean for their futures? Uh, maybe starting with Messi, the most obvious one. Um, do you think that? Uh, I mean, Ronald Koeman, I think, came out yesterday and said uh, that he's hoping that the performance will inspire Messi to stay. Um, what What do you make of Messi's future after being knocked out of the Champions League? Look, I don't think that it's the Champions League elimination that would... I do think that there, there are definitely encouraging signs, as I just said. I think Barcelona have a crop of really talented young players coming through right now. But it wants to be a part of a, a project, um, uh, you know, or whether he wants to join a, a finished product, a team that can compete for the Champions League has said that for the last few years he wants to win the Champions League and he wants to play in a competitive team so I think ultimately it will come down to that uh, personally I mean you know I'm excited by this Barcelona side because there are a lot of young players in there and I feel like uh, although the you know the financial situation isn't looking great the new president will try and, you'll probably try and sell a few players um, and you'll probably try and look to bring in a couple of players on free agents. I think they've been linked with Sergio Aguero, Aldem, Eric Garcia from Manchester City, all of whom are free agents. So this team could improve, but um, about whether Messi wants to, you know, be a part of a project or a rebuild at at 33 years old, 34 years old. And I'm not sure he will want to, to do that. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see Messi leave at the end of the season. Um, but I think that if there was even just a small chance that Barcelona could uh, really improve next season, compete next season, um, let's not forget they are in the Copa del Rey final. They are still very much in the hunt for the La, the La Liga title. So if there's a small chance of Barcelona competing, in the Champions League next season, I think Messi stays at Barcelona because his family's comfortable in Spain, uh, and he have the entire social life there. Their kids are at school. Of course, Messi. You know, we don't we don't even need to talk about the relationship he has with Barcelona as as a club, not necessarily with the former president um, and board, but the relationship, the long and very successful one he's had with that club. So, I think 
if there was a small chance of Barcelona competing next season for the Champions League, um, would side with staying in Barcelona for sure. And then, uh, you know, we have to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, you know, 35 years old, playing for a Juventus side that hasn't been the best this season. And there's forever those rumors of a return to Manchester United. Do you think that leaving Juventus is even on his mind? Or do you think that, um, you know, he'll stay and, 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 and try and compete for the Champions League again next season with, uh, in Italy? You know, it's a tricky one, Slew, because I think that, and I, I made this joke to my colleagues the other day, and I've, I've said it a few times, but I feel like Juventus sort of sold their soul to buy Ronaldo. Um, it was very much outside of what transfer strategy is, spending $100 million on on a player. Um, and, you know, maybe they, they bought Ronaldo single-handedly wins Champions Leagues, which... You know, as good as Ronaldo is, as good as Messi is, as good as any great player, needed a team around them. And I feel like at Real Madrid, where Ronaldo was so dominant, especially in Europe, it was just the coming together of a great squad where almost every by a world-class footballer. And I feel like Juventus might have brought into the idea that Ronaldo carried that team. Um, watch those games and if you go back and look at old Champions League seasons of Real Madrid it wasn't the case Ronaldo of course scored the important goals but he played with superstars and spent 100 million on him hoping that he would come and inspire them to a Champions League um, title any further with Ronaldo than they did without him you know they, they made two Champions League finals in the seasons prior um, and they, they, they're yet to advance past the quarterfinal stage with Ronaldo. It's been three seasons now. I feel like there are so many factors there. The style of football's changed. Um, it's not really with you. I don't think the team is actually very strong. But they are trying to play to Ronaldo's strengths um, too much. And I feel like they are trying to cater for him. And it's not really working out. Now, of course, it's very simplistic to say that that's Ronaldo. And, you know, he, he hasn't done it. He was signed to win the Champions League and he's failed. That's very harsh, you know, very unfair. Um, but I do think that we could potentially be seeing the end. I feel like Juventus are paying him a massive, well, they are paying him a massive salary. He's, he's I think, you earns any other player in Italy. Um, and they haven't been any more successful with him. And, uh, you know, at some point they need to realize or uh, make the decision, you know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, out of it now, but we're in, we're in a global pandemic and we're paying this guy massive. Um, is it really worth it? You know, can we afford this? Um, is it likely that he wins the Champions League next season? I just think too much has to change. I don't is necessarily the guy for the job either. Uh, Juventus haven't been good in all competitions this season. They haven't been good. So, yeah, I think it would be. it's going to be interesting. I feel like Messi and Ronaldo really couldn't this season. And it would be great to, to see as a football fan. But, um, yeah, I guess we can only see what happens. Indeed. And, you know, from Ronaldo and Messi, uh, we moved to the new... So, uh, quote unquote rivalry, 
um, you know, Erling Haaland and Mbappe. Uh, I want to start with Erling Haaland because BBC described him as a one-man wrecking crew. Um, and he has been the star performer of this Borussia Dortmund team. I, I don't think it's fair to say that he's carrying the whole team on his back, so to speak. But um, he is a guy who's also potentially going to be a big money move this summer. Um, you know, t- speaking of summer in, in Europe, um, what do you make of, of of his performance? Also a record a record-breaking night for him. Um Oof, I'm trying to remember the record that he broke. I think fastest to 20. Uh, yes, fastest to 20 goals. Um, it's in 14 games. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. uh, who, who do you think could be in the running for his signature? Do you think that there's a chance he stays at Borussia Dortmund? They do have a lot of great young players, Jaden Sancho, uh, Bellingham. Um, what, do you th- what do you make of Erling Haaland's future? He's linked with every single big club in Europe, essentially. Yeah, well, that is, I guess, going to be apart from Messi and Ronaldo, the big story of the next transfer window because there will be, you know, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, uh, potentially Barcelona if they got their funds correct, Real Madrid, PSG, uh, everybody. Literally everybody who can afford a million or 75 million player, um, which I believe is Erling Haaland's release clause, um, although there has been some sort of there's, there's some confusion surrounding that as to whether it's at the end of this season or next season uh, it comes into play but anyway so many clubs are after this guy Slew um, and that's because of his uh, you know his ability and potential you sign Erling Haaland and he could give years of service and hundreds and hundreds of goals um, but going back to your question could he could he leave this season I think well, um, and my reasoning is uh, my reasoning for that is that Dortmund are outside of the Champions League spots in Germany, and I feel like over the course of you know the last year, Haaland has just really he's, he's taken up another level um, since joining Dortmund, and he's now in that bracket of you know he's discussed as one of the best strikers in the world, and I feel like a player. At 20- um, like Erling Haaland, who is scoring so many goals, who is wanted by so many teams, um, whose career is supposed to be on an upward tra- trajectory, is not going to set Europa League football suddenly. I feel like he's too good to be playing at that level, and he's too, he's too wanted. There are too many clubs interested in him for him to, to stay at Dortmund. That's, that's my personal opinion. Um, so yeah, that's also something that I'm going to be paying extremely close to see what happens there. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting bidding war for him. And then we move on to Kylian Mbappe, also a record-breaking night for him. Uh, youngest to 25, right? Uh, yeah. Champions League's goals. Um, ironically, against the man who held the record before him. Um, and again, we have this question. I mean, the thing is, Mbappe is a Paris kid. You know, he's born and bred there. Um, you know, came up through the youth development system there before going to Monaco and then PSG. Uh, but obviously every club in Europe also wants him. Uh, do you think that his loyalty to the French League and to PSG will stand the test of time? Or do you think that there's a there's a ticking time clock where if they don't win the Champions League or if they don't at least make the final, that he potentially seek a, seek, a, seek a move away. Every single time it's come up, he's you know he's spoken about Liverpool and he's spoken about Madrid and, and, and teams that he loves. But there seems to be this undying you know 
loyalty to, to the French league? Do you think that that's going to stick around for too long? Or do you think that, uh, you know, time is money for PSG and they need to win the Champions League? Well, I don't waste the time, if I'm honest with you. I think it's only a matter of time before Kylian Mbappe is playing for Real Madrid. I feel like it's 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 something that's been in the pipeline as 14 years old. I think he went to Real Madrid as a youngster to trial. He met Zinedine Zidane. He met... There's always been a relationship between Mbappe and Real Madrid. And I feel like, you know, maybe not this coming transfer window to the next. Um, Kylian Mbappe will join Real Madrid. Um, it's going to be very difficult for him in, in France because PSG don't like players giving them the runaround. And... Um, you know, I think that it was Adrian Rabio who didn't want to sign a new deal a couple of seasons ago. They just, uh, you know, he trained with the reserves. He wasn't selected for match days. And Mbappe is now at the point where his contract ends in 2022, next year. And if he doesn't commit soon, um, I would be surprised if something like that happened. Because, of course, they will, you know, they'll probably play him with the hopes of him uh Tying, or sorry, uh, committing himself to the club, but I don't know how much of him signing a new deal would actually change much. I feel like him signing a new deal might just up his price tag um, because you know Real Madrid will essentially be be needing to buy him out of the deal. Um, so it's going to be super interesting. I don't know. I mean, I I think that Mbappe is away from PSG. I think that. Um, this is something controversial. I know people don't necessarily agree with me, but I feel like, you know, if he stays at PSG too long in the French League, he, he will stagnate. And I feel like he needs to take on a new challenge now. Scoring goals for fun there. And, you know, I'm not trying to uh, poke fun at League One and say that, or League uh, and and say that it's a, a weaker league and that, you know, League, of course not. You know, Mbappe is a really good player and there are other really good players in that league. Um, it's not easy for anybody there, but I think we'll eventually uh, look to take on a new challenge and with uh, arguably the biggest club in Europe, Real Madrid. Um, yeah, I mean, against Barcelona in that first leg where he scored that hat-trick was just a coming of age performance. And yeah, I, I can't wait to see what happens there. there either, you know, I think when he came on, the scene, everybody just knew that there was something actually I tell him too, but everybody knew there was something different about him. I can't tell you how many times I've read um, stories on this player is the next Messi, this player is the next Ronaldo, and it's almost always been inaccurate. And that's why when Mbappe seen at Monaco, everyone could just tell, it's like, okay, we've got one year. Um, then he goes to PSG, scores more goals, and and it's almost as if now he's like a seasoned pro. He's got that weird aura about him where it's like he's just not a youngster anymore, but he's, he's 22. Um, and there was something really cool that happened after PSG's draw with Barcelona on Wednesday night where after the game, Mbappe asks Pedri for his shirt. Pedri's a, an 18-year-old Barcelona midfielder. Um, now, Pedri's going to be a great player in his own right. He's had a breakthrough season, but it's it's almost as if Mbappe was playing that role of let me make this 18 year old kid off yeah. like I'm the season pro, yeah, you know. And it, it was just like 
he, he's already in that position, already in that role. He knows that he's a generational talent. He knows that other players, players who are even just a few years younger than him. Um, so I feel like he's just got it, man. Mbappe's just got it. And, you know, I would love to see him at Real Madrid. I think things have gone a little stale there, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think he would, uh, he would definitely turn things around there. All right, last question before I let you go. Um, Haaland and Mbappe, how long do you think it is before we see one of them lift the Ballon d'Or trophy? Oof. Um, I'm going to go with Mbappe first. I think Mbappe will win the, the Ballon d'Or before Erling Haaland does. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going to be too long, Slew. I really don't. I mean, Lewandowski is probably still favourite if if turns this year, which I'm sure it will. Um, but I do think Mbappe is probably going to win it in the next two or three years, definitely. Definitely. And let's just go back to how Ronaldo is 22 and 23 years old. Yeah. I mean, that's still incredible. Yeah. It's insane. And then they get anyway. over a decade of dominance. Well, uh, that's been the International News Desk. Thank you very much, uh, Sokola Duma International Correspondent, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. Have a solid day. Sweet sleep. Thank you very much, man. All right. From there, we move on to reactions to matches, specifically Sundowns and Chiefs. Uh, so Sundowns through in the Nedbank Cup, uh, 4-0 uh, thrashing of, of Polokwane City. What did you make of that game? I mean, I, I literally, so I started the match. I go to the toilet and then I go and make myself some coffee. I come back and it's 3-0. Yeah. Just the most insane um sequence of play where it was three goals in five minutes or something like that um what do you make of that and i mean you know we we obviously know that this sundowns team in the net bank camp isn't their full strength they obviously had you know you know your commits erasmus and your andile jallies but a lot of that team were were bench players and does this show how dangerous they are i mean you said it's true i mean this is is it fair to say b team i'm not too sure but um they absolutely annihilated polokwani um, and that's Polokwane. And don't forget Polokwane. This is a PSL team of 12 months ago. Do you know what I mean? So it's... And, and Sundowns took their foot off the pedal, didn't they? I mean, what's it? 4-0 off 25 minutes, I think it was? Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, if they really wanted to give it a go, it, it could have been another Power Lines FC result. Do you remember that? 25-0, I think it was. Yeah. 27? Jeez. Um, yeah, bro. Uh, again, Shalalila, next level. Um, just... I see. What do you say, man? I mean, these guys—they're going to walk the league without a doubt, hundred um, percent. They just—they just seem to be getting better and better each week. Yeah, and and now I want to get your thoughts on this janky schedule that we have now because we're going to see quarterfinals this weekend, but Sundowns only face Pirates in their quarterfinal in a month from now, um, mm. and. It's interesting. It feels almost like, like whoever wins that Sundowns versus Pirates match is immediately favorites for the Nedbank Cup. Because if we preview these matches, I mean, gosh, Sean, it's like Chipper United, Richards Bay, Black Leopards versus yeah. TTM, CT yeah. All-Stars versus Pretoria Callies. Um, oh. Just crackers of fixtures. Uh, eyes glued to yeah. the screen. Um, <laughs> but how hilarious is it that you know, we get the big one in a month? I know, bro. No, I, actually, I agree. I think uh, whoever wins that has to be the odds-on favorite to take the cup, without a doubt. Um, but having said that, great to see runs from Richards Bay, uh, All-Stars, uh, Kelly's. Uh, 
it's cool. It's good for them. You've seen some interest now in some of the Richards Bay players uh, from the Chiefs game. That's a, a couple of the top three clubs are, are interested in some of their players. So that's what it's about. These cup games, you get to play against these big dogs and you can showcase your talents and hopefully get a move to your dream team. And that's what's happening. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So it should be interesting. Should be United versus Richards Bay. Who you got, Sean? Bro, I'm going to... I've got a soft spot for Richards Bay. I'm going Richards Bay. Going Richards Bay. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it that you have a soft spot for Richards Bay or no soft spot for Chipper United? I think I think it's a slight combination this year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going Richards Bay and upset and uh, through to the semis. I think would be right. Or was it was that the, yeah. the through the quarters? No, it'd be through the semis. semis yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Black Lippers versus TTM. Uh, TTM, I think they're on a little bit of a, a, a form. I think if Tabo Nyamani gets back from his injury uh, and scores another cracker, I'm going TTM. All right, All-Stars versus Cali's. Don't know, don't care, but I'm going to go, uh, I'm going All-Stars, Cape Town, man. Cape Town, man. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll get, Sundowns versus Paris, we'll get next month. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, and then uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, get reactions to Chiefs versus Maritzburg. Man, you know, I watched this game. What a frustrating match to watch. Maritzburg mm. had all the opportunities yeah. uh, and, you know, two offside goals. What, what was your, you know, reaction watching this match? How, what do you make of of, of that Chiefs setup? It, it just feels like they keep getting outplayed. Um, and But a little bit of luck on their side this time around, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, you would never think Maritzburg are, are where they are in the league, would you? Uh, after that performance. So I don't know. Listen, Maritzburg played very well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the Chiefs were very poor. Um, they, they just, I don't know if poor is the right word. They just don't seem to have their starting 11, if you know what I mean. It's just, it's just a bit scattered. Um, I think they're struggling technically uh, in the technical side of things. Uh, who to pick, who to play, where to play them. And you're coming up a team that's fighting for their life, and and realistically, Marisburg should have scored three or four. I don't know what you think, but uh, they had some golden opportunities. And and look, uh, good goal by Chiefs. They and what I love about Chiefs, what I love about Gavin Hunt, is that it's a never die attitude, and that you'll know they shall get that every game, uh, no matter what. If they one nil down, they will fight for 90 minutes. And that's exactly what happened there. So let's let's put praise on Chiefs for that, without a doubt. And and to and to get that from a team that is struggling is probably the most difficult thing for a coach to do, and he's doing that. So let's look at the positive as well. Um, if, if I was a Chiefs fan, would I be 100% happy? No, of course I wouldn't. But uh, it's, it's uh, I know the Chiefs faithful are, 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 must be uh, sick and tired of hearing this, but it, it is a building phase. It's a restructuring phase. Um, I think try and be a bit patient, if, if that's in your vocabulary after the season, patience. But it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great to watch, but it is great to see how they did fight. And they were lucky not to uh, to lose that game, 100%. I think kudos to Maritzburg, uh, played some very good football. Uh, up front were dynamic, defensively very good. Nazir Ali, you would never think he's 35, 36. He's playing like he's 21. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was a, it was a, Chiefs did it the long way and the hard way, but they got it done in the end. And, you know, we've done the NetBank Cup preview. So final predictions for this week is Sundowns versus Stellenbosch this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's a, I don't think it's a tough one to predict necessarily, but Stellenbosch aren't 
you can't really sleep. You can't rest on your laurels against Stellenbosch. What's your prediction? Uh, where is that game, Steve? Is that in Pretoria? Was that in Cape Town? I think it is in Pretoria. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, Stellenbosch need a result. They, they, they need a result. They're under a bit of pressure. Um, and like Teko said in previous podcasts, Stellenbosch, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, they've got a squad, but I just don't feel like they're utilizing it to its full potential. Um, I'm going for a Sundowns win merely because they are next level. They're world class. Yeah. Um, I don't see anyone touching them in this league. Um, but I, 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 just underneath me, I'm hoping for a little bit of an upset because, I, again, I have a little soft spot for Stellenbosch being a Cape Town boy. And uh, I think Steve Barker's doing a fantastic job there, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah. And, and by the way, apologies, it is actually in Cape Town. So Mamelodi Sundowns have yeah. to travel down. Um, you know, they, they, they have quite a tight schedule as well, Sundowns. So I wonder how they're going to cope with 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 uh, all of these fixtures. I mean, they played yesterday, they play on Saturday, then they play on Tuesday and then the next Sunday. So um, but I think they have the squad and the depth to be able to manage yeah. and they found their form yeah. for sure. And from there, we move into the Car of the Week feature. What do you have this week, uh, Mr. Sean Roberts? Yes, sir. Again, I love using the word soft spots uh, this week, but I've got a severe soft spot for Tofik Sali, the, the Stenberg goalkeeping, uh, the goalkeeper, his Golf 5 GTI. It was my favorite car of all time. I had him, or had her for, I think five or six years is very sad to get rid of it but the beautiful thing about the golf 5 gti i mean can, can you believe it was launched in 2003 almost 19, 18 years ago that's ridiculous um but I, I i bought it and i sold it six years later for exactly the same price i got it for which is unbelievable um but overall the golf 5 uh, gti um it, it's tight and cohesive to drive the performance is excellent handling and road holding were almost peerless in its class and like the original GTI, it delivers a driver driver's enjoyment in spades. For me, the best GTI that's ever been uh, published or released, for sure, the Golf 5. It's hard to price it now, so it's, it's difficult, but you'll find Golf 5s now uh, racing around the track, and um, I would highly uh, go against buying a second-hand uh, Golf 5 at the moment because you know it's probably been around the track. But uh, all in all, probably my favorite car of all time, without a doubt. I give it a 10 out of 10, Slew. 10 out of 10. That means I have yeah. to upgrade from my little Toyota Etios. Um, I'm going to have to. And you know what I'll need to accomplish that dream, Sean? I'll need a motivational quote of the week. <laughs> so, so just in memory of all the Mr. Modise is not with us today. He said lately, some beautiful parts can't be discovered without getting lost. Ah, oh, man. And this so, week, we just happened to not be on the same path as him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hope he's not lost there. Uh, that is uh, episode number 64 of wow. The Car Wash. Uh, whether you've been listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or hopefully uh, Mahi Gang 96.7 FM's Game Time. Thank you for joining us on the show. I have been your host, Lupaho, and that has been Mr. Sean Roberts. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a car.